I feel like the word repent literally is, is this. It's a time to rethink how you think about everything. And really, that's what it is. The word repent really is essentially broken down to it's a time, maybe this time, maybe your time, to rethink how you think about everything. Like some of the ways you've been thinking about things aren't working. Some of the ways you've been doing things aren't done well. And so in this series, we're going to do this. We're going to rethink how we think about everything, especially as it pertains to our personal lives, our homes, the places in our hearts where maybe they're broken. Maybe they haven't been surrendered to God. Maybe you've been trying to do things, but maybe today's a day that we say, okay, the idea of repent. I'm going to rethink the things in my life, God, that you want me to look at and see differently. Essentially, you might want to reconsider. This is for us. Maybe you wouldn't want to today get to a place of reconsidering your strategy for how you plan to live your life and what you think or hope or counting on that you believe will give you the results that you say you want. Because all of us, we want something out of this life. All of us, we have hopes in this life. For some of us, we've gone through this life and it hasn't produced what we hoped. Some of you started out in life and you got married, you had kids or whatever, and you're like, eh, I'm not where I wanted to be. This is not the, the, the this is not where I'd hoped to be. Well, Jesus talked, the good news is Jesus talked a ton about people's lives. And all through the Bible he had he had thoughts on people's lives. He had he had applications on people's lives. And he talked through, you know, every aspect really in the Bible of people's lives. I mean he talked, he talked about people's marriages, he talked about people's parenting, he talked about you know, the aspects of people's bedrooms, you know, and, and that environment. We'll do that in this series. He talked about people's finances. He talked about anger issues. He talked about emotions. He talked about those things. And because of what he did on the cross, and because of him ri rising back from the dead, he believed that we could, each of us could get to the place where we could describe our houses, our homes, with words like with words like joyful, with words like content, with words like happy, with words like safe, with words like peaceful. And so because he believed that was the case, and because what he did for us on the cross and the resurrection, that that could be that could be our story. That those could be the words that we would use to describe our lives. But we're going to have to rethink some things to see that happen. Now, Jesus had, I would say, probably his most famous message that he preached on a hillside called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the, in the end of that message, right, right before he's about to land the plane, he, he, you know, as he talked about all those different areas of our, of our life specifically, he, he began to help us grasp that this wasn't just a re religious thing. It wasn't some like, hey, I'm going to give you all these ideas and about your marriage and finances and all this stuff that we, you know, that are prickly to us and we have ups and downs with. He, he, he had this idea that I'm jumping on the scene now and I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start communicating and I'm going to start passing on things. He had this idea that you, religion would no longer be this, this, this box, this, this religious type feel where we kind of like, you know, kind of, I got a religion, I'm going to, you know, on Sundays I'll kind of deal with that, but then I got the rest of my life. He integrated all that. He's like, I want it to be relational. And he's like, this whole idea that I'm talking about is how you can live, you know, in integrated 
with God in your life, in every aspect of your life. So as he lands the plane on this Sermon on the Mount, all of a sudden, he uses some extremely powerful words. And now you've got you to visualize this. There, there are all these people on a mountainside. Chrissy and I have actually been there. We've been to Israel before where this message was preached. It was actually overlooking the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus is preaching to these people, and all of a sudden, after all these things he talks about, he dives right down with these powerful words. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is what he says as he ends this message. He says, Therefore, everyone, or anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, what's that word there? Come on now. So we're going to get a little bit of uh, crowd participation today. Everyone who puts them into practice, come on baby, I love it, is like a wise man or woman who built his house on the rock. And when the rain came down and the streams rose, we've had that happen in our, on our continent lately, haven't we? We've had some rain, we've had some snow, people on the east and northeast coast, where they're like sledding and having, you know, what I love, like, that's not a storm, that's like a party. But anyways, I'm from South Florida. So, but when, when the rain comes and the stream rose and the wind blew, he's talking about like when the storms of life show up and beat against the house or that house or our houses, it says, when you build your house on me and all that stuff happens, things won't fall apart. It did not fail. It did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. He's talking about himself. He's saying, if you build your house on me, if you apply the word that I've been saying to your life, and it's not just compartmentalized to some, like, you know, far off, boxed up relation or religion, but it's a relationship with me where you say, okay, these words that Jesus is saying, I'm going to apply this to my life. He says, if you'll do that, your life won't fail or fall apart. It won't, it won't all of a sudden crash when the storms of life come. He said, conversely, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. Now he's talking about a different one. These people who put, who don't put these words of mine into practice is like a what? He's using a strong word there. He's just like the foolish man, not the wise man. The wise man does this. The foolish man is the guy who hears these words and walks away and never does anything about it. He says the foolish man is the person who builds his house on the sand and when the rain comes and the streams rise and the wind blows and beat against that person's house, it crashes. It crashes. So let me say this. This is going to sound really basic, but this is the truth. It won't make one bit of difference if you hear, believe, or agree with what Jesus says, right? You can hear it. You can believe it. You can even agree with what Jesus says is a better way for you to live your life. But if you don't actually put it into practice with what, how, or what he is telling you to live your life, it, it just doesn't, it won't matter. It won't matter. It won't do anything if we just hear it from the believe it, it won't matter. So, right after Jesus describes that this on the Sermon on the Mount, he gives these powerful ending statement about, you know, you can be this, or you can be this. You can you know, follow me or apply it, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be solid. You're, things aren't gonna fall apart when the winds come. You're gonna stand steadfast. He explains all this. He describes this. He talks about how we could, you know, really kind of inter integrate God into every aspect of our life. And all of a sudden, there's someone on the hill who's been listening to this. 
His name's Matthew. And he's one of the writers of the first few Gospels. So Matthew, all of a sudden, he hears this, and he starts saying this. He writes this in God's Word. He says, when Jesus, Jesus has finished saying these things, the crowds, and here's the difference. When Jesus spoke, he said the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he was one who taught with authority. I mean, he had the authority. He's like, I've got the power, right? So he, because he taught with authority and not as their teachers of the law. See, they'd had that. They'd had that stuff. You know, they'd had the people that like lobbed out some scripture and threw out a couple verses and like, you know, here's a couple little laws and here's a few little threats. If you do this, you're going to get this. If you don't do this, you're going to get this. Then Jesus shows up on the scene and he's like, hey, people listening to that, they're like, it's like he's got a, like a, like a bird's eye view in my heart. Like someone's given him like information about me. How does he know about my marriage? How does he know that I'm having like anger issues? How does he know that like I've been, you know, having some real financial struggles and it's really because I got greed in my life? How does he know that I'm struggling with pride and I want to serve myself and that's why my marriage is broken because I don't want to sacrifice for her. I'd love to sacrifice for me. How does he know all this? And so people are on that hillside and it's different, it's different than what they've heard before. All of a sudden, it's like he's got a, he's got an inroad into people's hearts. And I think people are dumbfounded. Now, I wasn't there that day. But I, I could, I, I could bet that there were, like today, people who heard what he said. And they were like, oh my gosh. That is exactly where I'm at. This is exactly where I'm struggling. And I think some people sat there on that hillside that day and they started saying, hey, this is different. This is different. I've been to, been to church, been to the synagogue. I've been, but this is different. I, I'm going to go, I'm going all into that. Wow. Wow. And then there were some people that got off that hillside and they walked up and were like, later, got to run, got lunch, whatever, you know. And so what was happening that day is, was something transformational for people. And so when he finished saying all this, I mean, they're, they're, they're processing and they're, 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 they're wrestling like, wow, this, is, this, this could be something for us. This could be something for my house, for my family, for my life. Now, here's, here's something, though, that we got to know about what Jesus talks about when he says, some, you know, everyone who hears my words and puts them into practice, their house will, will stand. Okay, His promise... Jesus, let me just say this way, Jesus never promised if you put his words to practice that our lives would not be storm-free, right? His promise was that we be storm, our lives would be storm-proof. Like, like the reality is, and this is, this, is the, this is the truth of life, and we know this, you didn't have to come to church to learn this. The reality is, there's going to be storms. There's going to be problems. You, anybody here ever have a, uh, you know, a, not a problem in life? Anybody ever not go through a storm? Or let's just ask this, anybody married not have, like, perfection? Right? Yeah, all of us. I was just, was, I referred to that. This was kind of, kind of dyslexic. But anyways, how many of you guys, you would say, yeah, I've had bumps. I've had marital issues. I haven't done it all right. See that? We, we get this. This is, this is reality. We're never going to be storm-free, but Jesus promises, I'll be with you in the storm. And if you'll build your life on me, if you'll practice my words, if you'll practice what I'm doing in life, if you'll, if we'll learn in just a minute, if we'll if add God into our lives, 
and with all of our strength, leverage everything we got for Him and give Him what our hearts desire. He promises I'll be with you in the storm and when they come, because they will, you're going to stand strong and you will not crash. The reality is the storms will come. John 10.10, Jesus alludes to this. He says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's a reality. He's out to crush your marriage. Anybody believe that? I mean, he's out to squash your parenting abilities. He's out to jack up stuff to get you sideways with the people around that God wants to use in your life. He's out to get you sideways and jacked up so ultimately you're separated further from him. Some of you wound up here today, you're like, that's that's that's, that's where I'm at. And we and, and you're like, this is a little depressing. But here's the good news. The thief, that's what he's here for. That's what he's doing. He's, he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and give it you the full. Other translations of that are the word abundant. I've come to give you life abundantly, full, better, more than enough. More than enough. Over and above what you thought was possible. More than normal. Can I be honest with you? I don't want normal. I don't want normal. I've had normal. I've seen normal. We've been normal. Some of you are ready to walk away from normal because that that's that's what culture has for us. It's normal. I mean, most of us look at culture and look at marriages around the spectrum, parenting around the spectrum, homes around the spectrum that we see, you know, in the paper or you know all our channels of of you know information and social media we see that and we go yeah that's just kind of the way things are that's normal i don't want normal i've been married 22 years to christy and it i don't want normal for us i really do want for for she and i and our kids in this church that we would not we would not settle for normal we would say you know what jesus no matter what i'm going to build my life on you and i'm not going to quit I'm not going to sway, even though the temptation and everything in me wants to go the other direction. God, I'm going to follow you. Some of us came here this morning, you're kind of worn out. You kind of feel like you're the hamster on on the, the, the wheel, and you're just trying and trying and trying and trying, and you've tried it all, but you're, you're maybe like some of those people on the hillside, you're going, this is resonating. Maybe this God thing is legit. And maybe just maybe if I really went from like God being some religious thing to God being the relational person that he is, he wants to help me, then maybe I would surrender my life to him as well. Some of you got into the place where you see your family or our families as kind of like a bad mission statement. And it may sound like this. Maybe you would say that the statement of your life right now is, it's too late for us. Maybe that's where you're at. The reality for some of you, you feel like right now, if you're honest, it's too late for us. Or that's just the way it is. It can't be fixed. I can't change. He can't change. She can't change. They can't change. Maybe you feel like, I wish I could have a do-over. The truth is, you can screw up every part of your life. And I think all of us have. At times in our life, we, we can blow it. We can blow it in our marriage, our family, family, our sexuality, our finances. And here's the truth. God can and will forgive us. 
But it doesn't mean we get it all back. It doesn't mean that we get to hit a magic rewind. Because some of us need to get this. Some of us, we're carrying baggage. We're carrying, we're carrying the struggles of, of some mistakes. We're carrying some circumstances. You guys are like, gosh, this is depressing. Gosh, this is kind of like, I, I thought this would be like a fun, happy home series. Like, come on, let's talk about happy, fun, like, ways to improve our life. Let, let, let me just say this to you. My goal is to impress us. We actually already came in here to impress us. My purpose is two things. Let me tell you this. I want to I wanna call out a reality that we either don't know what to do, and that's some of us. We don't know, some of us don't know what to do. You're in a place, you're worn out, you're like, I've tried some other things before, I don't know what to do. Or, we know what to do, but we feel powerless to do it. Some of us feel powerless to change it. Some of us feel powerless that anything's going to ever be different. And you've gotten to the place where, like, normal is where I'm at. And secondly, my purpose today is to be a reminder of what's at stake. What really at stake. Because the reality is many of us are building our lives on really shaky grounds. And if it continues going in the same direction, it's only a matter of time. Probably not today, maybe not even this week. But if we go in the same direction that we're going, it's only a matter of time until it all falls down. Or it falls down again. So. 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 Turn that right upside down. So over the next few weeks... Over the next few weeks, we're going to open the door, look into our our homes. We're going to unpack some stuff that I believe, if we can grasp this starting point thought today, I believe we'll be able to see some things differently. Because here, here's the thing. God not only calls us to simply live, right? He not only calls us to simply live with one another, but commands us to live with one another in a certain kind of way. Not just any way, but a certain way. Why? Because not every way works when hard times come. Right? You guys, know, we, you've done this. I got the t-shirt. I tried it that way. I sold it out this way. I've been living this way. I've been serving the wrong things. And when hard come, hard times come, that didn't work. So Jesus tells us, here, here it is in Scripture, if you want your home to work, if you want your home to thrive, you must do what Mark says. Here's Jesus' words in Mark. Jesus says this in Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all your, what's this? All your heart. Have you noticed all the places, maybe you're new to God's Word, new to Bible study, new to like, showing up at the church? All through Scripture it says, Guard your hearts, for there is, for out of it is the wellspring of life. Everything comes from this, right? Just look at them. Look at the. Here's this crazy. Look at the amount of medications out there for sadness, for depression, for anxiety, for fear. Right? Guard your hearts. And that's not like don't. You're bad. I'm saying, guard our hearts. God knew this. Jesus knew this. He's he's talking about our lives. He's saying, I know it's going on. I can peer right into your souls. Guard your hearts because out of it, them comes everything. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
with all your mind, that's a really unique word there for, the, for Jesus here, and with all your strength. Essentially, Jesus says love is more than just an emotion, right? Love is more than emotion, right? Can you imagine love without action, right? Your wives, on Valentine's Day, they hope that they're in love with action, right? Bring that girl a gift, right? Something, right? Love is more than just a, a fluttery feeling or an emotion that fluctuates at certain, at, certain, at certain times. Love is more. It's a choice. Love is a choice. Here, God says love is a command. It's intentional. It's an intentional decision that includes all the parts of our life, our hearts, our souls, our minds, our strength. What's crazy about this word mind in the Old Testament, Jesus borrows from the Old Testament Deuteronomy. From the Old Testament, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and it goes on. But Jesus adds the word mind. In Deuteronomy, the word mind's not there. Jesus adds the mind. Why? Because essentially Jesus says, listen, if we really have an evil adversary who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, he goes, Jesus says, you got to use your hands. You got you to you have a strategy. You got you to practice this stuff. You got to be intentional with this stuff. You just can't wander through life with some nice feelings and miss applying and following my word and actively pursuing me. If you don't actively connect love and heart and soul with your mind and your strength, you're going to lose out. It'd be like saying, what, what does love look like without strength? Right? It looks like someone's ready to quit. Right? He says, no, no, use all your strength. But what is, what is, you know, what does strength look like without love? It looks like an angry dad. what it looks like. It looks like an angry parent. Right? Strength without love. And so Jesus says, no, 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 listen, I want you to use all of this. With all of your strength, I want you to love me this way, and then we can make some serious effort. But here's the temptation. The temptation is this, to look around and think, it won't work for me. It won't work for me. That's the temptation. It's not going to work for us. Some of you guys have been, you've been trying. You've been trying this, this you know, you've been saying, God, I want to I go this route. And maybe you've looked at somebody else, and the temptation is to say, hey, it's working for them. It hasn't worked for us yet. Hey, I want to surrender to this, but uh, the temptation is like I've surrendered to it, but man, I'm just tired. I'm ready to quit. But here's, here's the reality. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20 says this. This day, on this day, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life or death. Basically, here's two options. Here's two options. Build your house on the rock or don't. You choose life or you choose death. It says this is, this is the call that God says to every man, woman, and child. Listen, I want you to have life and have it abundantly. I want you to have life and it be beyond normal. You have a choice. You choose life or essentially you're choosing death. Because if, if some of us today continue on the path that we're going, things are going to fall down bad. But Jesus essentially pulls us together alludes to this and says, now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Here's the reality. The wind is going to blow. 
The wind is going to blow. The storms are going to come. But we've got to get to the place like Joshua where he said this in Joshua 24. But as for me and my house, I like saying it like that, but as, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm, I'm not going to waver on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get off that box, God, because I believe it. I, I believe you. I, I believe it's better. I believe it's smarter. I believe it's, it's the whole package. And I think some of us today, we've got to, we've got to get to the place where we say, okay, I'm going to be like the people on that mountainside, that hillside, that we said, I'm going to apply these things in Christ. I'm going to live my life this way because it's better. Because it's smarter. Because it's true. And I want to end this way today with, I want to end today with a few questions for you. I want you to just, in a moment, to ask a few questions to you. I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to think these things in your, in your, in your mind and answer them truthfully. What word, here's, here's the first question, what word or words would you, would you use to describe your home? What word or words would you use to describe your home? Busy? Angry? Happy? Right? Some happy? Distant? Peaceful? Loud? My house is loud. A lot. I mean, it's loud. Last night I was like, y'all got to chill out. Y'all got to chill out. Didn't I say that last night? Usually on Saturday nights from getting ready for a sermon, I'm like, be quiet! Loud? Dangerous? Intimate? Hopeless? Empty? Lost? Next question. What is the one word that you wish summed up your house? What's the one word you wish summed up your house? What is that? What's the one thing I wish my house was? Alright? That's the case. Here's the next question. What's standing in the way of you having those good things? What's standing in the way? And don't say nothing. Because there's got to be something or else you'd already done it. Right? Don't say that no, there's nothing in the way. If you haven't already taken the step, if you haven't already done it, then there's something in the way. What is it? What's standing in the way of you saying, I believe it's true, it's right, I'm going to follow what he says. What's standing in the way? Here's the last question. A little bit longer. Would you be willing to look at the different areas of your life and home? And if you think it's possible that what Jesus says is right, true, and better, would you be willing to put those things into practice? Here's what I want you to do. Go home this week. Go home today. Get up out of these chairs. And you go wherever you go. I want you to. I want you to ask yourself one question this week while you're gone. This is going to be homework. And I, I, I need to. I need to say it this way. If if your house right now is not at a place where you can ask, you think you can ask this question without blowing some stuff up. Don't don't do it. Don't do this. Thing. But I would encourage each of you 
individually or if your place, your marriage, your house, you can ask this question. It's not going to make things fall apart. It's not that close to like crashing. I want you to ask this question this week. Complete this sentence for me this week. As for me and my house, we are what? As for me and my house, we are what? Because we have, if we're if we're trying to navigate to somewhere particularly, we got to know where we're beginning at, right? We've got to have a true starting, and we've got to have a true reference point of where we begin at. So this week, as for me and my house, we are what? Next week, we're going to come back, and we're going to open the door and jump right back in, looking at some different places of our house. And my hope is that you'll come back we'll seriously look at what we can do as we look at following God's word and applying it to our lives. I believe God can transform our lives through this series. Some of you, I believe today, God has you here for this purpose. Let's pray. God, we, um, we, we, we give it all to you today. And I know for myself personally, God, you've been, you've been challenging me with, with this message. That's a question we want to ask to talk through my house. And I pray that every man, woman, and child that's here today would sense, you, sense your presence. And I pray that you would open our eyes and help us to see life differently. And to hear your, your words and for them to pierce our heart like they never have before. God, I just ask that in these moments. God, is, is there's distractions and our lives are busy and, and there's always stuff going on. God, would you help us home in on your voice? God, speak to us. God, I pray that every man, woman, child here today would say yes following you. Yes to saying, I'm going to build my life. Lord, we end with that thought. Help us to be honest with ourselves. God, so we know where we begin. God, we ask you to give us strength and power to know your love and the complete fullness of who you are. Amen. All right, we got a good starting point. I hope you'll be back next week. We really do. Our host teams are going to come forward. We're going to end with an offering. End with a worship song. I encourage you to, to stay with us. Don't check out just yet. I know we've had, I think we've had some technical difficulties going on. I think we've got that hopefully squared away. Well, let me just say this. Before we worship and we, we give God glory in this last song and say thanks for what he's done, um, let me just encourage you today. Go home and, and, and really do. Ask yourself, your spouse, your neighbor, your friend, whoever it is in your life. What does it look like? Where are we at? And I want to encourage you this week. Maybe some of you this week, maybe for the first time, would get on your knees or just have a seat in your car or your chair in your house and just begin to say, God, I need you. Would you show up and illuminate you today? We're going to close this offering, and I want to encourage you to give big today. 
but if you're a guest today, if you're our guest, and I want to say, if you're a person, if you're a person here today, and you're struggling financially, you have a massive bill or something that's just consuming you and swallowing you, I encourage you to take what you need out of our bucket today. Okay? Let's pray. God, use this to change our hearts, break, break away the greed, break away the fear by trusting you. God, use our stuff to change other people's forever. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.